Well, hello and welcome to Rockus Bacchus. Those of you that have been listening from the beginning, hi mom, know that this podcast was somewhat rudderless, wasn't really sure of what it was, uh, what it was going to all be about. But at its, at its heart, it's been about friendship, and my first writing was about friendship. And it's friendship of people just helping people out for the sake of being good. Vets helping vets through uh, mental injuries like PTSD. It's, uh, it's always been about friends. Though it seems it, it at times <laughs> was right out there. And there have been a couple of stories that might not have been friends. But this pod is definitely about friends. Our friend, Larry Ajo, known as Chief, has gotten stage, been diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer with the metastases to the lymph nodes. There is no stage five. So at Michelle's request, I've asked that uh, people send me letters and memories of uh, of Chief so that I can hear the good stuff that's said about him at, while he's still kicking and breathing. And not at a uh, wake or a funeral where good things are said about people. Unfor- unfortunately, that person never hears it. So Chief, Michelle, Cassie, and Cameron... The following are letters from people expressing their love for your father and telling a few stories. So here goes. Hey, Chief. As you know, I am seldom speechless. I can usually find something to say, often foot and mouth inappropriate. But words are needed in this instance, no matter the degree of difficulty. So fuck it. Here goes. You've always been up for a challenge. And by Odin's beard, the gods have offered you one warrior-sized challenge. I have no doubt you will rise and take up the gauntlet and fight like a berserker. None of us gets out alive, so you will, of course, lose your battle. In your wake, you will have left a trail of broken-hearted beauties, empty beer kegs, memories of outrageous backyard parties, incredible fishing trips, numerous friends who can always count on you to help them out when they need it, and who shed tears when when you shuffle off this mortal coil. And may that day be decades away, so that we lesser men can selfishly enjoy your good humor and infectious laugh. We aren't all good. You aren't all good, as many of us know. You completely fucked over many single and married men when you promised to propose to Michelle by riding up to the base hospital on a horse, while you were dressed in a suit of armor. That was a dick move, Chief, making it nearly impossible for any man to meet or exceed that romantic gesture. So thanks for that, you bastard. One of the things I liked most about you was that if I was standing next to you and there was a shitstorm coming, it would always hit you. In fairness, it was not because you are a badass and deserved the shit. It was more like you never lost your boyhood naivete. Like the time you were late for parade and you came running across the airborne parade square with your blood-stained white turban. I must say I was impressed with the company sergeant major's awe-inspiring use of profanity. Later, the company sergeant major asked what was up with your headgear. In all your innocent, non-confrontational best, you asked him what he thought it was. (laughs) Shitstorm came out of nowhere. 
My version of the chief nickname, Origin Goes Thusly. We were no-hook privates doing a night navigation exercise, and we were geographically disorientated. Must have been faulty compasses. You stepped up and claimed because of your biathlon training, you knew where we were. Follow me, boys, you said. So we did. Unlike the famed trackers and navigators of the First Nations people who became more, ge- we became more geographically challenged. We made it back before we had to resort to cannibalism, but the name Chief entered the lexicon and a legend was born. So we have established that Chief is a crap navigator and a shit magnet, but there is more to him than that. He excels in one particular area, being a husband and father. Michelle, you are like Larry, someone who gives their best to friends and family and even strangers. It is pointless of me to list the many ways he has proven his love. You know that better than any, and together you have stood and weathered all, all that the fates could throw at you. You will be there for him in the coming days, months, and hopefully decades, giving him strength and love as required. I, I always enjoyed watching Chief squirm when I was able to get a couple of drinks into you. In Vino Veritas was never truer than when you had a beverage or two. Your physical description of how you handled Chief's failure to, ahem, finish the job is forever etched in my memory. Cassandra and Carmen, your father is a much-loved man, and in a world where it can seem like everyone is out for themselves, he gives his best to you two. Chief was a, was a giggly, laughing, crying man when he found out that he was to be a father. He may not have been pregnant himself, but he glowed with happiness with each of your births. He never missed the opportunity to brag about your accomplishments, be they academic achievement or surviving and rising in the ranks of motocross. Both he and your mother are justifiably proud of you both, and you have inherited his strength. Part of strength is admitting when you need help. If at any time you feel overwhelmed, need help with a problem, or simply need to yell, scream, or curse, I will be there to help, as will numerous others. You only need to ask. By the way, Cameron, it is your turn to organize the next scotch tasting. No more free ride for you, kid. I'm a better man for having known you, Chief. And I'm truly, truly proud to know you count me among your friends. Know that I am well pleased to call you brother. Fair winds and soft landings. <clears throat> Little dust in the air. Fair winds and soft landings. Until Valhalla, brother. Steve Copang. All right. Well, I wanted to have fun to get through. So here, here's another. This one's from Bill Ben. Young William. My first memory of Chief was watching the crazy airborne medic crush Battalion PT. I think he was doing work up for the Iron Man competition. Turns out he was pretty cool and a new bunch of the same people and knew a bunch of the same people I did. I was a private in the airborne holding unit, light infantry battalion, which would later become three RCR. At the time, around nineteen ninety five ish. Shortly afterwards, I found myself in need of a place to stay. Typical girlfriend fucks off with all your stuff while you're on tour story. 
and Chief was gracious enough to let me rent a room in his house. Bloody hell, that place was awesome. And we did some of the best parties Petawawa has ever seen. There was an old liquor control board of Ontario recipe calendar on the wall in the kitchen that Chief insisted to cook off one day a week, so we ate, we ate something other than takeout and craft dinner. We also made our own wine and beer. <laughs> one afternoon, Chief says, Hey, buddy, want to go to Toronto to hang out with some models? I've a modeling gig. So off we go, breaking several land speed records in the process. So we show up to this thing, and it is a body paint photo shoot. The wardrobe lady comes out with a tidy thong for Chief so they can paint him. He goes to get changed and comes out and says it's too small. So they go down to the adult boutique down the road and get him a white plastic thong. It was hilarious. I laughed so hard I almost pissed myself. The girls were all wearing a thong and nothing else but paint. It was a wild night. The one summer party that sticks out most is the one where we burned the old couch out of the basement. I think we had to burn it because we were afraid it had caught an STD. That bloody couch went up like a Roman candle. <laughs> yes, it did. And nearly burnt down all the trees in the backyard. Meeting Michelle, going to London to hang out, and me sneaking out to the strip club so they could have some alone time. Crossing paths again in Borden when I was doing an Air Force PLQ because the ISCC was somehow not good enough. That's primary leadership course and infantry senior combat course was somehow, somehow not good enough. And all the crazy adult stuff of us both having families. If you had a vast 20 years old, 20 year old me, if I ever saw either of us settling down, I would have laughed at you. Somehow my memories of chief are always him looking after me, even though I was just a shit pump private and a dirty leg to boot. He was, he has always managed to have a great time. To this day, every time we meet up, he tries to feed me and make sure I'm not in any trouble. He always has my back. Sorry I suck at typing. Trying to write this is fucking hard. Fuck cancer. Bill Ben. This next one's from Bob Beaudry. So about Chief. He was gracious enough to put up his house to hold my bachelor party. The following day, a few of us went out for lunch. When the server asked what he wanted, Chief said that he wanted a hamburger and then asked if he could get some cheese on it. The server replied, so you want a cheeseburger? Chief said, no, I want a hamburger with cheese. We all laughed our asses off because we didn't, he didn't realize that they were both talking about the same thing. Okay, this one I believe is from Dan Whitman. Chief Michelle, Cass, and Cam. Dear you, this is going to be all over the place, much like how our relationship has been over the past 30 years. Holy shit, 30 years. Where do I start? Well... I have no idea where to start. I have no idea where to end either. Because it's with how I feel. Because it's always about me. You know you know me and I'm never, never lost for words. I mean, seriously, have you ever seen me not be able to say something? Well, when Steve asked us to throw our thoughts to you and the family, I hesitated. And it wasn't based on the fact of not wanting to do it. It was based purely on the fact that I refused to accept the situation. I'm sitting here struggling with what words to put on these pages. And that is me being out of sorts with the whole situation. I truly do not want to accept the situation. What I do accept, however, is how much of a hero you are in the eyes of your family. From your strength in your day-to-day -day values and your teachings to your family on life, right to your strength in how you 
how you are dealing with this current adversity, adversary, adversity, sorry, you and your family are facing. I recommend you f- for your continued, I commend you for your continued strength in those chal- these challenging times and your sense of humor. Cass and Cam, you are two of the most exceptional kids I have had the pleasure of having in my life. Your parents have loved you with everything they have to offer. Thanks for that, Dan. This one's from Jessica LaBelle. Dear Chief Aho, I am saddened to hear you and your family are going through such a difficult and trying time. I would like to tell you how much you impacted my life. When I was sent on tour to replace another one of your staff, I was harassed and you stood up up for me when you could very well have sent me home. Then when the master seaman was keeping me from patrols and all the other medics were getting mad and taking it out on me, he told me I couldn't do it because he even struggled to do it himself. Even though you may have had your own misgiving and prejudged me from what others may have told you about me, you gave me a chance. You didn't treat me as all other leaders in my career had. And after tour, you invited me to a tour party, even though I was not part of your unit. You and your wife made me feel welcome. The one thing that I all, I will always remember is what you said to me that night. You told me that you were proud of me and that you had believed that I couldn't do patrols and I proved you wrong. It takes a real man to admit that he is wrong. I don't think you could ever imagine what that meant to me. My whole life and most of my career in my military, I have been told that told over and over that I couldn't do things and was treated unfairly because of it. My whole life has been about proving people wrong. You are the one who has admitted, apologized, and given me a compliment. For that, I will be forever grateful. You are a good man and a good leader. I hope that you know that. He does know. He does now, Jessica. Your friends and f- your family and friends already knows that, but I hope that you know that. Thank you for treating me with respect and dignity. May you find peace. Lots of love to you and your family. Sincerely, Corporal Jessica LaBelle. This one's from John Busey. Larry, Chief. Well, it's been a while since we last spoke. Steve has told us what is going on in your life, and I do not know what the history holds, but you and your family is in our prayers. Steve said he wanted handwritten notes, but you would not be able to read mine, so I'm going to send this to you in an email. I've been looking for days for a picture of you. I have one here of you and me sitting in a herc, getting ready to jump. I think it was a bare-ass jump into Rifle Ridge and Wainwright. It could have been my last jump. Steve was doing DZ coverage and had a bottle of vodka waiting for me on the DZ, and we all drank it on the way back. I could be wrong. When we stood up in the aircraft, I told you that I told you I cut your static line and you had a, you had had the GM check. It was me trying to get you going again. I do remember you guys getting posted to the unit. Young, strong-willed troopers and me, a young sergeant, trying to keep my shit together and keep you guys out of shit. <laughs> Putting you guys through your prepare, of course, before heading out on your jump course. You always had something to say, but was always willing to listen and do what you had to. You, Randy, Tim, and the rest did push out, push me to my limits sometime, but that is what you want from young soldiers, who you know are always going to be there to do their best. You never have to check on that. You never have to check on that they have completed their task. That was you and the rest of the guys and the girls. We drank a few pop together and had a, f- had a few laughs, did some good work together. 
You drove me to the you drove me to be better and keep up with you young fellows on marches and runs. I am still looking for that picture, and when I do, I will send it. Larry, Chief, if you or your family need anything, here is my number. And we're going to leave the uh, the number out. Chief will get the number. We don't want complete strangers having your number, John. Do not hesitate to call. Always here. John Busey. And I wasn't doing uh, DZ coverage, John. I was in Red Deer on leave. And it was a bottle of lemon gin you guys wanted to drink of all bloody things. <laughs> this one's from Judy Lynn Hearn, Captain Retired, a nurse type. Hi, Larry. I still believe in miracles and certainly hope for a happy one that extends your story. This memory is really the only story I have for you. Heck, you may not even remember me. First, I just want to say that you were one of the few army guys that, actually, that was actually nice to me. You spoke to me in a normal voice, and when you called me by rank, you didn't say it with a sneer or patronizing manner. I respected you and the way you treated patients. For me, it has always been about the patients. Anyway, pretty sure it was in Trenton. You and your wife invited me to a gathering. You were both going to. You didn't tell me, what, tell me much about it, but said, we think you would like it. I really did not know what to expect. I didn't know, know you that well, so my mind ran wild with crazy ideas as to what it could be. Party light, pampered chef, a coup, or gasp, a swapping club. Yes, my mind went there. <laughs> Regardless, I went because I liked you and trusted you and didn't want to come off as a snob. Well, to my surprise and eventual boredom, <laughs> we've all been there. It was a pitch on video phones. They were going to re revolutionize the way we communicated by seeing each other face to face. I was still and still am not very tech savvy, but I knew I did not want to buy one for me and then tried to sell the idea to my brother and father and friends. Sure glad I didn't as I never did hear of that idea going very far. And then along came cell phones. Who knew? Anyway, it was a night out with free coffee and cookies. Talking to you and your wife later, even though I figure now it was some kind of pyramid scheme and you probably would have made some money if I had opted in. You understood and did not push the issue. Just a note, there were a few, if anyone there, that I would have wanted to swap with either. <laughs> that is my memory of you. I know it's not poetic, prophetic, or even medically related. But it's my memory, and I remember it quite clear, actually, quite often, actually. I will not forget you, Larry, and I will say your name in prayer throughout the days ahead and when I speak to the big guy upstairs at night. Big, big hugs, Judy Lindhern, Captain Retired, Nurse Type. A couple more to go through. This one's from Tony Brown, downtown Tony Brown. Chief, as you know, we first met on QL5 in Borden. When I heard my roommate was Larry Ajo, but nicknamed Chief, you were not what I was expecting. I thought you must have the wrong room. To this day, I'm not sure how you got that nickname. I've heard at least three virgins, versions. We became good friends quickly, and I think we had a pretty good time in Borden. I've never been on a course with as much drama, shack damage, and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Back then, you had an infectious smile, and it was hard for people to stay mad at you. Lucky for me. I remember you were proud to be a jumper, loyal to your comrades back home, and seemed to be having a good time in Petawala. I enjoyed our hard work pissing off our fellow students and the school staff. The instructors at the school were clever to split us up for phase two. 
I think they had enough of our antics. I think we were both relieved to pass. A year later, I was tasked at 2CR for a NATO-led Bosnia mission. I was in the back of a truck with the end tarp down, passing rucksacks and kit bags to people. I couldn't see. Some clown was sewing the kit back into the truck one piece at a time. I pulled the flap up, and of course, you were also supporting 2CR UMS. Excellent. It was a long summer of training in Petawawa and Gagetown. We both enjoyed working with engineers and were looking forward to the tour. It didn't hurt that we were working for Tom Ashman, who was a sergeant at the time and not bad at hacky sack. <laughs> I remember bears, dust, and freezing our ass off in that M113M. At the, at the end of the main exercise, the 2CRCO made the decision to let his troops go into town. The catch was no drinking or charge since we were flying back to the next day. We amended that... He, we amended that order and decided to have just two small beers at Don Cherry's Grapevine. Unfortunately, it was happy hour, and our plan began to slide sideways. I remember hanging on to a brass rail and watching you try to get the attention of three girls on the dance floor. You brought your best hip-hop and running man, trying to get them to break rank, and after about 45 minutes of intense cardio, you returned. You had a crazy smile and told me, those girls want nothing to do with me. Of course, I was AWOL the next day for the flight back to Petawawa, and had some explaining to do. You, hel- you helped sort it out, and we, we were back in business. As you recall, I was even late for the parade when the CEO was thinking, thanking the augmentees for supporting the training. We had a house party that night, and I fell asleep on the couch. Unfortunately, I didn't join you on, the, on that tour. Too bad would have been fun. You are an excellent guy. I value our friendship, and I enjoy reminiscing on where we were young and foolish. Take care and God bless, Tony Brown. This will be the last one for this uh, particular episode. Hello, Larry. I want you to know that I was shocked and saddened to hear the news of your illness from Steve Copang. It was surreal to hear the word cancer and your name being used in the same sentence. My first memories of you were of this amazingly friendly and fit guy, a booming smile and optimistic outlook on life. Never one to be in a foul mood. I remember going to the house on Park Drive a couple of times when you, Tim, Pipe, Randy, Spidey, and the guys were all living together and the fun times we all had. Things and times were so much simpler back then. No rank, no worries about the future, and only thoughts of enjoying the moment. I remember a few times when we would do some crazy things like the time Michelle Quinton asked if you, Randy, myself, and a few others would do a step aerobic or skip rope. Not sure. Marathon to raise money at the Dundonald gym. We had to dress up and it went the entire afternoon. Lots of good working out that day and thinking back, we were some fit. When I lived with JC, there were those times when you would drop by for supper or times when you, Tim and Randy, would join us for a simple meal of spaghetti and meat sauce. When I was around you and the guys, it always felt welcoming and good. It was like being around family and being safe and protected. Thanks for that, Larry. It was appreciated. One of the funniest memories took place one summer when you had the boat, the big yacht. I remember it was a quiet time and not much going on one Saturday when Tim called me and said, Derek, what are you doing? Of course, nothing was going on. So Tim said you, he and Randy were going out for a few beers and some boating on the Ottawa River and asked me to join. 
when I got down to the yacht club, you were needling a few bucks for gas. You were needing a few bucks for gas. So we all chipped in to fill a little of the tank up. With this, we were off and out to have some fun. First, you would get the boat going as fast as possible. Then we would cannonball off the back one at a time, and you would circle around and come pick back to pick us up again. This is when you all learned I couldn't swim as I almost drowned. But Tim fished me out. So we continued just to go up and down the river. When you, when you asked Tim and Randy if they wanted to get, get the waterboard out and would pull them on the rope attached so they could, they could do some gliding on the waves. It was during this time when Randy was on board that you hit a particularly big wave. The board lost contact with the water. Then Randy and the board, uh, then Randy and the board hit the water hard, smashing into Randy's forehead, and he was knocked, almost knocked out, and with the bleeding forehead. You quickly turned the boat around, and when we were about twenty-five feet out, I jumped in the water and swam <laughs> to to Randy and took him back to the boat. We were about twenty-five feet out. I jumped in the water and swam to Randy and took him back to the boat and lifted him to you and Tim to pull out. All this time that was this was going on, you and Tim were laughing at me, a non-swimmer, jumping in to get Randy, and here you were all bronze medallion and excellent swimmers. And here a non-swimmer never even th- though thought about it and jumped in. That was a fun and good day, which ended with a few memories made. Larry, thanks for everything, being a friend, understanding, and for just being there. I never told you, but I was messed up from Somalia and Rwanda. And those times you dropped by the apartment and I was alone or took me with you guys when you went to the boat. Did more than I can explain to you. You guys did more for me than I can tell you in a letter. And I am forever grateful for you being there for me during a time when I needed just to be around someone. It has meant the world to me. Thanks for everything. Forever grateful for your friendship. Derek Nearing. And we'll uh, continue on with the rest of the letters another day. Thanks for listening to Rockus Bacchus.